I'm a stupid bitch. I'm a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Dumb Bitch Media. Oh my god. What? Your nose thing is like a half of a yin-yang sign. I was like, there mm-hmm. is something sticking out of Sophie's nose ring, and I'm not going to tell her. It's a racist nose ring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone published the tape nose rings are cultural appropriation yet? I'm sure. Probably. Well, you have two of them, so Chances I'm winning. Out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I had to put a stud in because I like yoinked on the ring. Okay. And like got like a tear, so it really hurts right now. Oh. Yeah. Ouch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> this is a podcast. That is less dangerous. Buy in for people with infected nose rings. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> this mouse is like really throwing me off. Why? The, like rose gold mouse. Because mm. it looks exactly like my vibrator. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's what Mike's intention was when he bought it for me. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> He was like, this will fuck Sophie's <laughs> You have rose gold vibrator. They don't make butch vibrators yet? No. <laughs> also, I want it for free, so who's to complain? How do you win a vibrator for free? My friend used to work at Wicked Wanda's. Oh. And she was like, oh, like, use this hashtag on an Instagram post, and then you can win a vibrator. And I was like, okay. It's like a $200 vibrator. I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> Would you say that it produces $200 nuts? No, I hate it. (laughs) I don't like it at all. (laughs) I think my vibrator is butch. Yeah, it's black, right? It's black. I would assume. It doesn't doesn't have any features. Okay, yeah. All vibrators are either black or rose gold. So I was like, well, if you said it's butch, it must be black. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I've thought about this a lot. Okay. Um, hear me out. Okay. Because uh, I was moving. Yeah. And you know, when you move, obviously, <clears throat> you come into contact with all of your possessions, even ones that you haven't seen in some time. Mm-hmm. And my boyfriend was roasting me for having uh, <laughs> a dildo that looks like what you would imagine, like, Thanos' penis would look like. Because oh, it's, like it's purple. just big and purple and, yeah. like, veiny. But I was, like, trying to explain... That I felt uncomfortable with, like, black seemed like, like, black, black seemed, like, heavy and kind of, like, industrial and, like, dungeony. Yeah. But then when you have to pitch a skin tone, it feels it's racial. like, do you want to express, do you know what your preference is for a disembodied Dick, penis? Yeah. You don't. No. <laughs> In my case. <laughs> so I just went with. A fake looking one. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. I was, like, doing that thing that boomers do when they explain that they're not racist. They're like, I don't care if you're black, white, brown. Fuck, I don't care if you're purple. (laughs) (laughs) You ever heard someone say that? You thought it was before it was like... Little did we know they were talking about... (laughs) (laughs) Going into the physical sex toy store. I think it's psychotic that I've never bought anything like that online. I haven't either. No. How do you know what it... Why would you... I had the, like, unfortunate... Every time, I say every time, I think I've literally gone into these stores maybe three or four times. Yeah. Ever. I go in, I'm like, 
Okay, where you're like Honda Civics of vibrators. Yeah, reliable, sturdy and reliable. Like I don't need like a waterproof that can also fly. <laughs> yeah, it just needs to get me where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "What are you looking for?" I was like, "A USB charger." <laughs> 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 Other than that, I really do not care. True. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm not ashamed enough to buy online. I'll go in, I don't care. Oh my god. As long as they don't talk to me. That's because <laughs> that's because your your people are like indigenous to sex stores. My people? Yes. Queers? Yes. <laughs> I feel like Really then how come every time I go there they're mean to me? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's either like a weird bisexual chick. Oh yeah. Or a butch lesbian. And but, it, but it depends okay, on which true. but it depends on what kind of sex story you go to because a lot of my experiences are Venus Envy, which is like a feminist sex, sex store. So there's a lot of butch lesbians that work there. That's true. And like weird bisexual chicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate Venus Envy. I never go in that one. It's like scary in there. Yeah, just everyone I know who's ever worked there like sucked. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I don't like it. <laughs> like I knew a lot of people and they were like, oh I worked at Venus Envy. I'm like, okay. They're like, I'm a sex educator. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> Where are the vibrators? <laughs> that, um, that post that was like, this girl po- taking a picture of her packed suitcase to go home for American Thanksgiving. And it was like, my mom packed something nice, me. And there was a shirt in there that literally just said vagina, 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 not a dirty word. That's the energy uh. of feminist. You could buy that at Venus Envy. Oh yeah, for sure. I hate that. <laughs> Tomorrow, Eb is featuring on the show that I'm producing. I have a lot of spots this week. You do? Yeah. Oh yeah, you have a yuck spot, right? Yeah, I have a lingerie pad on Tuesday and I'm hosting Swizzles on Saturday. Right, sorry. Lots of hosting spots. That's good. I didn't do great. Or I did okay hosting on um on thursday the crowd didn't really like jokes i wasn't doing energy yeah i didn't start they wanted like formalized stuff so i was trying to be loose because i was hosting but then as soon as i started doing real jokes it started going really well and they I was just like, didn't know i should have just started with jokes yeah <laughs> that happens <laughs> i forgot to ask for money so the comedians didn't get to split their seven dollars oh, no. and thirteen cents or whatever. Should we talk about stuff? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about stuff. Okay. Papa John of Papa John's Pizza, famous slur sayer, <laughs> recently came out in an interview saying that he'd eaten forty pizzas in thirty days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Papa John's came under some fire and had to step down. As CEO of uh, Papa John's of Papa John's, not just up down as CEO from Papa John's, the pizza restaurant. Say Papa John's one more time. <laughs> I will. When he made some controversial statements about how the NFL uh, national anthem protests were hurting Papa John's as somebody who was advertising during the football games. Yeah. That was the first controversy. Then. He apparently, while discussing this controversy on the phone, on a teleconference or something, used the N-word and then had to step down as chairman of the board Yes, of Papa John's. Um, and 
in the time period since then, since he now has, he's still like a super rich guy, right? Like mm-hmm. he still has, is worth like $500 million or something. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't need to be the CEO. No. So he's not the CEO. He's not affiliated with the board, but he still owns 19% of the company. Okay. So he's still like doing totally fine. Yeah. But now that he has no, I guess, creative control <laughs> or corporate control, he thinks that there's been a decline in the quality of the pizzas. Of course, because he was personally making every pizza. That's how it works. Made by Papa John himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he was interviewed and he said that he's eaten 40 pizza in 30 days and the quality just isn't there anymore. How many do you think he ate before that? Like, if 40 pizzas in 30 days is, like, because the quality's not as good, what was he doing before? I like to picture him, like, the um, the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia who's just, like, doing, like, a crazy conspiracy theory and he's got, like, pins on a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. He's doing that, but he's, like, he's holding a slice of pizza up to his face, like, <laughs> like trying to figure out There's what's different. Missing. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, he eats the whole thing, and then he's going, now I need to buy another one. Scribbling notes, like compulsively eating pizza. Um, Before, I would say that he was probably just mostly, mostly sustaining off pizza because it was free. Yeah. I don't like pizza that much. Uh, I could eat pizza every week, if not every day. Okay. Yeah. Because there's a lot of varieties. That's true. And that's you, true. You think about it. Every time you eat something that's good, you're basically eating sauce and vegetables and like meat or some sort of protein thing and fats on like a carb delivery system, regardless. Yeah. Of what you're eating. So what you're saying is that pasta is also pizza. Yeah. So is a sandwich. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a hot take. That's that's the idea of food, though. When you're thinking about constructing a meal. A potato with, like, gravy on it Mm -hmm. is a pizza. Yes. (laughs) One time I got into a screaming (laughs) argument my former roommate because this doesn't make me sound psychotic but it's okay i'll give you one after i have a lot of problems when it comes to how things are labeled like it's like a philosophical right it's like issue to me like this is the first group of people that you oppressed yes like when we're talking about chase versus mitts and i was like it really depends on like the utility of how you're using the soda or the orange juice she was like i made breakfast pizzas and i was like excellent thank you and i was like okay well what's on it and she was like okay so it's like an english muffin and that's the crust and then a mashed avocado and that's the tomato sauce and then there's an egg on top and that's the cheese and i was like okay none of those things that's not a pizza are on a pizza. You're just stacking things on top of a flat thing. If that's, that's what, not... if that's your operational definition of what makes something, yes, pizza or not pizza, we are fundamentally different and we're really going to have to work through this if we're going to continue living together. <laughs> how, how would you make a breakfast pizza? Well, you need to start with a carb base. So she at least had that, right? I was going to say, I think the English muffin is acceptable. The English muffin is acceptable, but then it just completely deviates from pizza and never comes back to being pizza, right? 
So you need a carb base. Okay. And then you need a sauce. Yeah. So mashed mashed avocado in this case is not sufficient. Okay, so what would you put on it? Could be tomato sauce, could be pasta, could be hollandaise sauce. Okay. And then you need to have cheese. Mm-hmm. And then something that indicates that it's breakfast. So possibly eggs. Bacon. Bacon. Whatever. Yeah. Pizza bagel is a breakfast pizza. I love pizza bagels. <laughs> Poor people food. <laughs> Literally. Tuna melts and pizza bagels well, are like, go off. Literally me too. <laughs> there were years of my life when I looked after my my little brothers when I was a teenager and all we did was eat pizza bagels, smoke weed, and play UFC Undefeated. I feel oh, like yeah? I've said this on the pod <laughs> <Yeah>. before. <laughs> oh man, pizza bagels are so good. I understand why you got in a screaming fight about that. Because sometimes you just need to scream at someone to really get your point across. She didn't say reason. Yeah. And she didn't, yeah. but she thought I was freaking out. She wouldn't concede my point, but she also thought I was freaking out for no reason. <laughs> so I was like, if you think I'm being unreasonable, let me dial it up. <laughs> oh, you think I'm crazy? <laughs> like, okay, Papa Johnson, speaking of crazy people, I think, first of all, it's, it's, kind of sad that whenever something happens like this, when someone's just like completely flushed their own life down the, tr- the drains, you know the way that they've completely gone off the rails is when the wife files for divorce. They've yeah. been married for like 20, Plus. 30 years. They, yeah. Papa John's and his wife have been married for 32 years. Yeah. But it's also probably not the last straw because apparently there have been a lot of validations of sexual misconduct as well. So yeah. probably so other stuff was going on. Get <laughs> in there for a little bit longer, maybe. Um, I also okay, a couple of things. I do think that Papa John's probably eats pizza every day. I like to think that he started his company out of possibly a passion for pizza. Yeah, like he was already eating pizza a lot. Plus, I find that a lot of people who have a lot of money are, like, really psychotically routine. Like, do you remember that article that came out yeah. a while ago about, like, an American senator who has eaten the same lunch for, like, 35 years? You know why? And it's, like, a ham and cheese sandwich. It's because mm-hmm. if you aren't mentally ill, mm-hmm. you can eat the same thing every day. It doesn't matter. And if you have money to do things that you enjoy, you don't need to, like, create your little happiness by, like, having a fun lunch. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, That's true. If you don't hate waking up at 6.30 in the morning to go to your little job or whatever, you don't have to wait for a, a like, um, like your a own Friday assignment. Like so you can get Popeyes. You know what I mean? Like, it's like- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, like, to open your lunch and be like, oh, yeah, I gave myself my favorite type of apple today. <laughs> I love me. <laughs> Literally. I have leftovers for lunch almost every day because then I don't have to make it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that. I would say I could eat the same thing. I, I could eat like routine. a sandwich. I eat the for same lunch breakfast. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and when I used to like bring my own lunch, I would bring like the same lunch for weeks at a time. Yeah. But that's mostly just because I don't like it when people ask me what I'm eating. Okay. So, so you if just I bring wanna... the same thing, they won't ask me. Oh. That's good, but also, like, you don't have to use your limited mental resources. To come up with new stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Like, if I woke up at 30 in the morning, like, I can just make a coffee and a protein shake 
on autopilot. Yeah, yeah, and your leftovers are already ready. <laughs> my leftovers are already in a container for me. So yeah. then I just put an apple in my bag and I'm good to go. And that's meal prep, baby. <laughs> <laughs> DBM invented meal prepping right now. <laughs> meal prep is when I put my last night's McDonald's in today's Tupperware container. <laughs> I always think about, like, um, when people own restaurants, like, to them eating for free, our friend Tash, who, like, <laughs> is a comedian, but also an engineer, but also has kept a part-time job in an Indian restaurant for the last, like, seven years just because he likes not paying for food. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, also, sorry, I have so many thoughts about this whole Papa John's thing. No, okay. that's Okay. The fact that he thinks that he was personally responsible for the quality of every individual <laughs> pizza is like, okay, I'm reading a book by Anthony Bourdain right now, because I'm a stan. Um, <laughs> and he talked about how there was a reviewer for, I think, like the New York Times, like a food critic or something, who complained that if you go to a restaurant that's owned by a celebrity chef... Mm-hmm. If the celebrity chef isn't working that night, they should put up an understudy notice like they do at a Broadway show. Stop. Right. Which is like, it's very funny to think about Papa John's, like, first of all, impossible with the amount of franchises he operates, (laughs) but like personally being in one of his own kitchens every night. But like, first of all, he's like the founder so that probably wasn't even his role in the first place but like with a celebrity chef it's like even at any fine dining restaurant the head chef designs the menu yeah they're not cooking each meal yeah and the goal is to achieve consistency yeah and of course they're hiring chefs that they know are up to their standard like it doesn't really matter no, of course not. Of course not. And also, like, that's never how it worked. And the fact that, like, a food critic would say that is, like, disingenuous because obviously they know how the res- restaurant system works. Or they're an idiot. Yes. And that's so funny. <laughs> Understudy notice Gordon Ramsay's not in tonight. Thank God. But also, like, how many restaurants have Gordon Ramsay's name on them, right? It's literally impossible. He doesn't work in the restaurants. It's not like a Hermione Dranger ass bitch. You can't be in like 50 spots at once. (laughs) (laughs) Gordon Ramsay's a Hermione Granger ass bitch. (laughs) You heard me. And not because he's British. (laughs) Yeah, oh my god, true. (laughs) Have any British men ever been attractive? Besides Colin Firth. Colin Farrell, also another hot Colin, is Irish, so. I was going to say Gerard Butler, but he's Irish. Yeah, exactly. All the hot British guys. he's Scottish. Uh, He's not English, I know that. No. I think he's Scottish. Okay. Let's put it this way. All hot British guys are Irish. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan Reese Myers. I don't know him. Bend it like Batra. Oh. Irish. Mm. Yeah. All British men are ugly. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a lot of the women are too. <laughs> yeah, but there are <laughs> But like there's like some really hot British women. They all look the same though. Yeah. Emily Blunt. <laughs> They're all the same woman. Whichever the four <laughs> other ones that look like Emily Blunt are called. I don't know their names. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I need Emily's to? Emily's one through four. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. 
all this to say, I I want to sit in with with Papa John in his like furious pizza testing. Papa John, come on DBM. Papa John test kitchen. Oh my god. Think about it. <laughs> Papa John, leak your disordered eating regimen. <laughs> 40 pizzas in 30 days? That's more than one pizza a day. He didn't say what size of pizza is. So? What do you think is Still too much. <laughs> <laughs> it literally doesn't matter what size the pizza is. It still means you eat more than one pizza a day. It's disordered eating to only eat the same food. Yes, it is. <laughs> Clinically. <laughs> My sister-in-law's father only eats Brussels sprouts with hot mustard on them. Literally. The only food that he eats. As she said sometimes he eats yogurt. Sandy's dad? Yeah. How did I know? <laughs> He's like a really weird old Hungarian man. That's literally why. That's insane. <laughs> Whenever people ask me the question that's like, if you could do, or if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm-hmm. I say, actually, I'm in recovery. And you're really triggering me right now. (laughs) One time I went to see a shrink and he tried to tell me it wasn't an eating disorder. I spent six months of my life only eating foods that began with the letter P. And I was like, so what is it? (laughs) Psychosis. (laughs) It's not okay. (laughs) Sure. Speaking of uh, the the evils of um, food and drink, mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg is in very hot water after refusing to divulge many of the details of his work history as a management consultant for the firm McKinsey and something. McKinsey, yeah. Mm-hmm. Management consultant. Dude, Let's you, talk about that first. Okay, you know how I know that's not a real job and it's like con man shit? How? Because I think that was one of my dad's job titles. I was just going to ask if your dad did that. <laughs> my, dad, my dad has been every type of uh, consultant. consultant. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think it involves taking money from, from people and not really doing work. Although, Workflow solutions. Synergistic management solution, something, something. Bullshit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess the big problem with a lot of these, like, consulting companies is that they're, like, pretty shady in their dealings. Their job is to help businesses and organizations make more money by basically cutting corners yeah. Like, making the margin, like, increasing the margins, uh, like, of profit by gouging the public or the consumer, depending on, on what industry it necessarily is. Right. So, when McKinsey initially came under fire, it was because... So, companies like this are, like, operate somewhat top secretly and mm-hmm. can't reveal the list of their clients, which is in part why Pete Buttigieg is kind of getting off the hook here sort of because apparently he's bound by like an NDA. Right, yeah. And companies like this will never release their client list. So it's not his fault. Supposedly. But it's also very convenient for him. Inconvenient truth. (laughs) (laughs) It's in his best interest that they not divulge what he worked on. But this like initially Mm -hmm. came up because it was revealed that ICE 
was a client of McKinsey Consulting. Yeah. Not while Buttigieg necessarily worked there, I don't think. But they saved ICE money by cutting funding to, I think, healthcare and food supplies to uh, detained immigrants. Right. That's Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. I know that when he first announced his run, Mm -hmm. this came up because McKinsey was linked to... This is going to sound like a really wild accusation because I don't mm-hmm. remember the details, but they were linked to some sort of paramilitary group mm-hmm. in, like, North Africa. Yeah, that was that was something that they did say was that Buttigieg did travel to both Afghanistan and Iraq while he was employed by McKinsey. Yes. As well as, like, a lot of people have written off what he he did with McKinsey because he he even made jokes himself. He's like, oh, it was like more boring than people think it was. Like mostly I'm just an expert in like Canadian grocery pricing. Mm. But <laughs> as Canadians know, Loblaws and a lot of other mainstream grocery chains in Canada, basically the, the grocery chains that have the monopoly in Canada. So Loblaws, Metro, and Sobeys. Yeah. Which are all also the owners of all the other grocery chains. grocery chains. <laughs> it's like definitely a monopoly. Was involved in and caught for a huge pricing scandal. The the great Canadian bread, bread pricing, pricing scandal, scandal, if you will. And Pete Buttigieg worked for McKinsey, which did have Loblaws as a client during the years that the Canadian bread pricing scandal was ongoing. Yeah, literally. So So, I guess that means he inadvertently gave all of us a $20 Loblaws gift card. (laughs) Which was what our restitution was for paying exorbitant bread price. Anyone who shopped at Loblaws <laughs> between the years 2001 and 2017 was eligible for a $25 gift card, guys. Don't worry. Honestly, Canada has such a huge problem with, like, monopolies, like, corporation monopolies. And I know that other countries do, too. But Canada is especially bad mm-hmm. with, like, cell phones. That's why our it's cell phone horrible. bills are so expensive. Our internet bills, yeah. Yeah, and stuff like... Like groceries right like milk Mm -hmm. eggs stuff like that they all have huge monopolies oh that was a joke that um chris lofted on thursday that i thought was funny oh really it was about him pretending to be a producer of oat milk and being shot down by a bunch of like canadian dairy like farmer union (laughs) (laughs) um anyhow it sounds silly you know, which is which is why I think Pete Buttigieg admitted to that to one. Canadian grocery pricing, and yeah. it sounds silly. And American media, fucking blue chat fitterheads or whatever, were like, "Oh yeah, it sounds really nefarious, Canadian grocery pricing." And it's like, no, here's what you don't understand. It's, <laughs> first of all, it is serious. Yeah. Like people are being priced out of being able to afford things as simple as a loaf of bread or a quart of milk. Because um, companies like McKinsey are organizing so that grocery stores can meet up with other grocery stores and food producers, bread producers, 
um, in order to systematically gouge Yeah, like customers. falsely inflate the price so that there's bigger margins. They were bullying everyone else in the industry so that nobody could undercut them. Yeah, that's crazy. And they were in cahoots with like the largest bread baking company in the world out of Mexico, which is called Grupo Bimbo. A which is also <laughs> Bimbo shit. shit that they <laughs> yelled at me and my friends when we were in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I smell burnt toast. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, no, this is actually serious. And it's like, it's another case of Americans just not really giving a shit about what happens anywhere else. Right. It's weird because it's like, we can all acknowledge that access to food and access to food education and whatever is like an international problem, but like that also is especially apparent in the West yeah. Like, there are still so many places in Canada and in the States that are just, like, complete food deserts. Totally. And I just don't think it's funny. <laughs> I really don't think it's funny at all. Um, and honestly, it's like, okay, so you see on this list, like, oh, he worked for this corporation, and one of the things that they did was, like, Canadian food pricing. It's like, why is anybody just glossing over the fact that a company is apparently involved in how food is priced in another country, right? Mm-hmm. Most people don't think about the fact that people set that prices are fake. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised people weren't concerned about that. Well, like most people are like, oh, food costs what it costs because that's how it works. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, that's that's okay though. These companies are being so. Loblaws, if everyone who purchased bread from Loblaws between 2001 and 2017 made a claim for the $25 gift card, yeah. it would have been a net loss for Loblaws of $150 million. Yeah. If they're willing to accept that loss, how much money does that mean that they made off this? Off gouging yeah. the bread prices during that sixteen year time period. Yeah, it's fucked up. And it's like you think about the fact that you know, obviously this was affecting people who do have better access to food, but it's like mm. think about how setting those prices falsely high affects people who don't have access to food, like uh, up in northern communities especially, where they're already paying crazy prices anyways. Exactly. So if they're only inflating only quote <laughs> inflating the um what did they say? They were they were inflating the wholesale price of bread seven cents a loaf, mm-hmm. and the retail price of bread ten cents a loaf at very regular intervals, until it was it increased like a dollar fifty or two dollars a loaf over some period of time, right? Yeah. Because you don't notice. It's like a drop in a bucket. Yeah. It's like the <laughs> boiled frog effect or whatever, right? Exactly, you don't notice yeah. if you just turn up the price of bread fucking 10 cents at a time because they're crooks. Um, they're, <laughs> they're good at it. Um, <laughs> but if you're like here, okay, to the average person, it's like, okay, great. I'm buying a loaf of bread that is... Fuck, let's say four dollars. Yeah. Right? Sure. Three 
350 whatever youtube it's about to pay for how much does a can of banana really cost yes. right that, that <laughs> is, but that is actually what a loaf of bread costs i would say between three and five dollars yeah i pay like seven dollars for bread because it's gluten-free it's so gluten-free. i really don't know <laughs> exactly um but <laughs> on average you would say three to five dollars okay so let's say that takes bread from Say it started out at three dollars and then now it's four fifty. Yeah, because of the inflation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. In Nunavut, let's say bread started at twelve dollars a loaf. Yeah. Now it's almost fourteen dollars. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So <laughs> it's like it's a full. It's an hour of work for minimum wage to be able to afford a single One loaf, of, loaf bread. of bread. Yeah. <laughs> In Nunavut. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right? Um, so anyways, fuck people. <laughs> All this to say. You're, uh, the Grim Reaper's knocking on the door of your campaign, buddy. I don't... First they took Kamala and I said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Pete Buttigieg isn't white because his dad is Malton. Take. Maltese. Maltese. Maltesian. I love that where he has that body picture. Malta? Can anyone, <laughs> yeah, we can still anyone don't know. let me know if I know where Malta is? <laughs> We're not looking it up. <laughs> it's close to Greece? Yeah, I think Someone it's like a Mediterranean me? country. I okay. told you that. Well, so we'll, we'll see if Maltese people are white or not. We'll see. <laughs> I like that he took like a thoughty, like, grinder twink picture of himself at the um, Holocaust Memorial. That was the most authentically gay thing that he's ever done. Yeah, I was like, oh, he is gay. Because, like, before that, I was like, I really don't think he's actually gay. <laughs> um, fucking Chasten or whatever is just his, uh, his, like, live-in manservant or something. Yeah, he's like a robot. Honestly, I hate Pete Buttigieg, but Chasten is kind of dolls. Yeah, I would is. love to like be a domestic and then just like kind of like supporting my my husband from the sidelines. Just slutty and wafy. Yeah. Yeah. It's seriously, yeah. You think Chasten's parents were mad when he came out? Just like obviously if you give someone a name like that, you gotta be hella religious, right? Probably. Is Chasten a religious name? I always think of it as the the male version of like chastity. chastity. I feel like you know how a lot of those religious names can also be kind of like hippie names? Or like southern names. Yeah. I think yeah. he's just southern. I mean, that could be religious as well, but they had to know he was gay, right? I don't know. He If he if he's like he was when he was a child, he's probably like... There are probably, like there are of me, home videos of him pretending to sweep with a toy broom when he was like four. <laughs> Vacuuming. My parents have me <laughs> starting early. <laughs> there is there is a home video of me being four and just being so excited to receive a toy broom. I love that. I'm trying to think about what I did when I was little. Like, what kind of toys did I play with? I, I just, like, entertained myself a lot. Like, I did a lot of, like, pretend. Okay. Because... Being a lesbian is fake. <laughs> Just preparing. <laughs> I hated pretend when I was little, and uh, when other kids would try to pretend with me, I'd be like, no. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me at all? <laughs> I don't know. Because I still think acting is like f- for cringy. Be- for, for demons. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that I hated Sesame Street when I was a kid because there was puppets and real people? 
That's true. And I didn't was, like that they were mixed. It was logically... The rule, logically inconsistent! The rules of the universe um, are logically inconsistent. Yeah, I didn't like it. It's a big problem for me. Thank you. I've been learning a lot about um, like the structure and narrative of video games to try and yes. reach out to like some of our more oppressed listeners who mm-hmm. are uh, from the gamer community. And what I'm hearing from people is that they're very frustrated when, like, the structure of the game doesn't make sense with, like, the story. Yeah. And I feel like that makes sense, too. Like, there's no explanation. This is frustrating in movies, too. There's no explanation for why these animal puppets live in the same world as... The humans. Human people. I didn't like it. That's also why I didn't like Space Jam. Oh, okay. Hot take. Big take. Well, it's the same thing. You're so brave to admit to not liking Space Jam. Thank you. <laughs> space Jam is the only good movie that takes place in space. That is true. Yes. I mean, the Star Wars movies are good. No, that's the only good space movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd always come under fire for this because, like, I hate men. Yeah. And whenever they try to watch... (laughs) No, but whenever they try to watch movies with me, it's like, okay, I'm not watching anything that's about space, and I'm not watching anything that's about war, and I'm not watching anything that's about cars. And that really Mm. rules out 90% of movies that men like. Yeah. See, I have a similar rule. (laughs) Well, it rules out the same types of movies. Mm -hmm. I won't watch a series. A series? Yeah. Oh, anything that has a sequel? A sequel is fine, but if it has more than two movies, I won't watch it with another person. Okay. Does that seem fair? Yeah. And that kind of rules out the same types of movies a lot of the time. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, Star Star Wars. Wars. Lord of the Rings. Saving Private Ryan 1, 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Like... A sequel's fine, because, like, I've seen The Mummy, but... (laughs) Watching Lord of the Rings, okay, on my boyfriend's birthday this year, I watched, not all in a row, I watched half of them in, like, one disc installments. Lord of the Rings. I watched all of Lord of the Rings with him. And I was like, if this doesn't earn me a spot in heaven, (laughs) I don't know what will. Like, you go up to heaven and God was like, it was a close one. <laughs> but when you watch Lord of the Rings, all that made you an angel. All four <laughs> movies. There are only three movies, but they're so long. It might as well be six movies. Yeah, they're so. I've only seen two of two, one and a half. Honestly, I don't regret it. But like, <laughs> you, do you wish you could have done it outside the fabric of space and time? Like, do you wish you could have seen them all, but not spent that much time doing it? Yeah, like, I wish I could have, like, downloaded all the information. Like, I could have just slept with the, the Lord of the Rings DVD underneath my pillow, and it just would have, like... Yeah. Uh, through, like, osmosis entered into, like, my field of reference. Yeah. I wish I could do that with a, a lot of stuff. I would understand so much more of regular conversation, for example, if I thought that it was, like, an appropriate move for me to see any mafia movie ever... It's like, yeah, I, would I will consider not. that, like, urban war. It is. Like, I've never seen, I've never seen The Godfather. And why would, I've played The Godfather for we. That's all you I, need. And I think I got the That's idea. That's The Godfather for women. <laughs> 
you get to design your character and no matter what you do to him, he is ugly. That's what I love about that game. <laughs> but you want him to be. Yeah. That's... <laughs> of course. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of ugly people. Um... There was an article circulating on the internet this week at length Mm -hmm. about a a poly family structure. We can't call them a poly couple because there's five of them. There's five of them. It's a household which basically uh, has one woman and then she has four male partners who all cohabitate with her. Yes. In Florida. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I have a few thoughts about this. Okay. So, the article came up because she's pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. It's about how they're all going to raise the baby together. Mm-hmm. But she knows who the father is, specifically. Yeah. Which means she probably doesn't fuck that much. Like, you know which one out of the four guys it is? Definitively? Right. So. That's true. They're probably not fucking that much. Yeah. That's true. Or she's just not getting cummed in. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, though. I thought... Okay, I thought about this at length. Okay. This would never work if they were also all fucking other people. No. They're only fucking her. But that also makes it, like, less likely to work. But what I'm saying is that if they were all fucking other people, is she gonna trust them not to have unprotected sets with other people? She's gonna give... Maybe she can, but she's going to pr- presumably have unprotected sets with all of them because that's the point of having like, a, relationship. a part- partner yeah. that you're in a relationship with, right? Yeah. Is so that you can fuck raw. Everybody knows that. Not because you love each other and you care about each other and you share a life and a home together. No, it's about knowing that nothing is going to happen to you if you fuck raw. It's about getting cummed in. Yeah, exactly. of course. <laughs> Even for lesbians, it's about getting cummed in. Exactly. Yeah. How? Don't worry it about doesn't it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like if she if they started all fucking other people, which they don't, mm-hmm. that would be a whole mess. But at the same time, how can one woman satisfy the needs of four men? Okay, maybe they're fucking each other. Also, I feel like at least two of those guys are bisexual. Okay, that would make sense. But. What I think it is, is it's, like, you know when you know a guy who, like, just plays video games and never fucks, but, like, gets his dick sucked once in a while? Mm-hmm. And that's fine for him? Mm-hmm. I feel like they're all like that. So they're mostly just, like, hanging out and playing video games with each other, and then she sucks one of their dicks, and they're like, oh, nice, man. <laughs> it's just, like, they're all getting their dick sucked by the same chick. Yeah. Okay. Which is how a lot <laughs> of friendship groups in the first place work, especially yeah. nerdy ones. I think that's just... What's going on? If you know a chick who plays D&D with, like, four people, she's sucking all of their dicks. Yeah. Don't question it. I love that there was a picture of them playing some sort of tabletop card game Me in too. the article. It was, like, Magic the Gathering or Dungeons it was and Dragons or think, something. Yeah. I love that. It was awesome. I was... I really was a hater at first, but I think they kind of rule. I kind of think she's a bad bitch. I'm not Me too. Lie. I do, too. Like, on it, like, I... Because, like... I honestly think she's a bad bitch. Like, none of the guys are that ugly. Well, especially, like, it would be fine for her to have any of those guys as her boyfriend. And one of them yeah. is almost hot. The one that got her pregnant is the one that's almost hot. No, the, that's the ginger one that got her pregnant. The big guy. Yes, he's hot. He's the one that got her pregnant. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Stud. <laughs> yeah, one of them's almost hot. But yeah. he's just obviously, like, if you ever meet a group of friends of guys that are all really nerdy, mm-hmm. and one of them's almost hot, and you're like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Do you guys all still hang out? One of you could obviously have sex, but instead he chooses <laughs> to hang out with you guys. Um, <laughs> Sorry. You're aware of this. Oh, yeah. Um, it happens with girls, too. I don't trust women who are only... Okay. I don't trust women who are only friends with people who are way... Like, other girls way who are uglier way than uglier them. than she is. Because it can go one of two ways. It can mean that that person is, like, an angel with a heart of gold and genuinely doesn't care. Or it can mean that this person never wants to be seen beside someone who's even close to as attractive as they are. Or they have super low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So they think they're all on the same level. Mm-hmm. So then they just, like, complain about how ugly they are all the time, and it's like, oh my god. Which is also not reading the room and not really fair to your friends. It's not fair to your friends, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's okay to be ugly, but... Mm -hmm. It really sucks when someone who's hotter than you is complaining about how ugly they are. You at least have to know that you can't complain about, like... Even if you're hot and you hate yourself, which is, like... Obviously, like, totally fine and I think normal. Yeah. Um, you at least not to, need to know not to complain about how you look in front of people who are objectively less attractive of you. No, that's It what doesn't you... matter how ugly you think you are. You can still probably objectively... Tell. Tell. I would... Well, well in most cases. depending. Yeah. But, like, I would hope that you could complain to someone who's, like, equally as hot as you mm-hmm. in a different way. It's like the scene in Mean Girls. Where it's like, oh, I hate my calves. Oh, my hairline's so weird. And she's like, I, uh, I have really bad breath in the morning. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Um, Female no. friendship is just all about going back and forth between you're, you're like, I need to lose 10 pounds. And then your friend's like, yeah, me too. And then you're like, okay, great. Let's do nothing about this and have this exact same conversation again in two months. It's like one of your friends is sad, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they're done being sad, and then it's your turn to be sad. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, it's like, hey, you can be sad now. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm good. <laughs> so you're allowed to be sad now. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Do you think they ever... She. I don't think she fucked them at the same time, either. I thought about no. that, too. I was like, could she kind of, like, get two birds stone at once and, like, fuck two of them one night, and then take the night off and then fuck two of them the next night and then she'd at least be fucking all of them like twice a week i think it's reasonable to have sex every day yeah so i think she could everybody could get fucked twice a week most weeks Mm -hmm. if she does it on a rotating schedule which it seems like she does but it just says that she has a rotating schedule for who sleeps in her bed they all have their own rooms. Yeah. This is how you know rent is either way too expensive or way too cheap in Florida. I'm not sure which one it is. <laughs> it's one of them. Because how are five, these five people living in... Presumably a five-bedroom house. Maybe they share four rooms. Bedroom, Four-bedroom house. No, because if they each have their own room. No, but she has a room that she shares with one person. Oh, yeah, you're right. Five-bedroom. Unless there's like... It's a four bedroom, so she has a room, and then there's three bedrooms, and they just like sleep wherever. Which are not in her room. Whichever one she's fighting with sleeps on the, the futon in the yeah. living room or whatever that week. So that they can be publicly shamed. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I honestly think she like doesn't really fuck them that much. Okay. They're all pretty young. Mm-hmm. They're like between the ages of 18 and 23. No, but that's what makes me think that she has to fuck them so much. Because, like, um, I mean, she probably lets them watch so much porn. 
Okay, true. Let's them. <laughs> okay, true. So maybe they don't have, like, huge sexual appetites or yeah. whatever then. But, like, I agree with you. I don't think she fucks them at the same time If I ever. had four boyfriends, I'd be like, yeah, by all means, watch porn. I don't care if you only have the energy to fuck me once a week. Yeah, that's fine. There's four of you. That's okay. I'll live. Yeah. I mean, not to brag or anything, but I've been in relationships where it's, like, difficult for me to keep up with, like, one person's yeah, sexual course. appetite. And I'm, like, a fine person, but, like, um, I don't know how I could do it. No, I can do it. people. Unless, like, three of them lived in different cities or something. I can't even tolerate, like, hanging out with four people. Like, can you imagine if you had four roommates and you also had to fuck them? She must... She must must be in charge. Because it's, like... She's definitely, like, a top. Well, yeah, but it's, like... I don't want to... I guess it is light supply and demand. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So she obviously, like, calls all the shots. Dude, I would love... <laughs> now I want four boyfriends. And then only, you know, one of them just unloads the dishwasher. And that's totally a reasonable thing to ask for somebody to do. And then do one of them Do you think they have a chore sweeps. chart? They must. Or maybe their house is disastrous. I, it's like that uh, Hannibal Buress spit joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, like... Get five roommates, start a noise band. (laughs) Yeah. Get four boyfriends, start a Dungeons and Dragons fucking... League. Guild. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just glad that poly people are finally getting their voices heard in the media. Oh my god, yeah. Whatever happened to being quietly revolutionary? (sighs) That just triggered me. (laughs) Tristan Bailey uh, had a very funny tweet about this at had Sprouts where she said polyamory is just when your boyfriend is so ugly you don't give a fuck what he does and I honestly <laughs> think that that's true it's so funny if you're the hottest person that your boyfriend has ever had sex with like who cares he's not gonna okay. leave you <laughs> <laughs> anyways anyways we talked about the internet the internet the internet. The internet. Do you have a beef this week? I do. I have a real life beef. Is that okay? Yes. We're talking about the internet? Yes, it's okay. This is a big working in hospitality beef, mm-hmm. but I don't think that you should bring a bag that you can't carry yourself when you're going on vacation. No, you shouldn't. Because the hostel I work at doesn't have an elevator and I have a torn muscle in my hip and I had to carry some bitches 40 pound bag up Five flights of stairs yesterday. Also, like, what makes her think, unless she's, like, an 85-year-old woman, that you're more equipped to carry her heavy bag up the stairs than she is. Other than that, you work there. Low-key, I brought it up two flights of stairs. And mm-hmm. then she was like, sorry, I just, like, have a sprained ankle. And I was like, yeah, I have a torn muscle in my hip. And she was like, oh, um, honestly, my ankle's, like, not that bad. I could probably do it. And I was like, great. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's really ridiculous. I know that it's, like, chic to have a bag that you can't carry and, like, need help, but... Arguably, if that's your life, you shouldn't be staying in a hostel. That's it. That's exactly it. <laughs> it's not... You can't do that if you're staying in a hostel. No. If you're going to, like, a resort or you're, like, going to a fancy hotel, like, yeah, have a bag that you can't lift. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You can be, a, like, skinny and, like, have a heavy bag, but, like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah you you gotta make the decision no 
my favorite thing ever now is that I never have to carry anything. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm so, if I, if Mike and I ever break up, I'm so fucked because I'm just, I've learned helplessness. I'm not going to have the muscle memory for knowing how to carry bags of groceries or like recycling bins. (laughs) Well, my problem is like, if someone has like a really heavy bag, but it's like a traveling backpack, like Mm -hmm. that's fine. I can help them. Yeah. If they have like two bags or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, their hands are full. But like these bitches show up with hard case suitcases. And you should, again, you should not have that. If you're staying in a hostel, wouldn't you want to be, isn't the point of that that you're like mobile? I would think so. Yeah. I don't know. I'm such a light popper. Me too. I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> okay. <Fuck. laughs> That's a real beef. Thank you. Um, I have two. Okay. My first one is I have my work Christmas party this <laughs> yeah. week. Mine's tonight. Everyone really tried to force me to drink. Really? Yeah, and I was like, no, I was like, no, I don't really drink. I don't really drink. I had like two glasses of wine with dinner, which is like, yeah, fine. But like, it wasn't because I was like feeling pressured. I was like at a fancy steakhouse. Yeah, it's a special event. I was event. like, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't mind. I had it not to out myself, but I did have a glass of wine at Thanksgiving in October too. So, if if the sober police wanna wanna come down and get me, I'm I'm coming clean. I have had a glass of wine every two months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But it was really, like, even before the party, like, all day at work, everyone was like, yeah, we're gonna get fucked up. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I don't, they were like, my boss was like, just don't puke. And I was like, yeah, I don't really drink. And then he was like, oh, okay. And then, like, the whole time, it was like, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? And I was like, no, I'm good. I drank, like, a virgin Caesar because I was just, like, wanted people to stop, stop looking at me. You. Well, that's was, like, so do a shot, annoying. do a shot, do a shot. I was like, no. And then they were like, do you want to smoke weed? I was like, I'm fine. It's I'm like, I don't want to smoke weed fine. with my coworkers. Like, whatever. And, like, the but... other thing is, too, like, I'm totally fine and, like, sociable. I yeah don't need, need it. it. Yeah. And, like, would no, obviously prefer not to. You're um, less social when you smoke weed. I know. So, <laughs> you're like, where's my Stardew Valley? Um, that was really annoying. Like, if you see someone drinking water or whatever, just mind your business. And then I think, like, honestly, if they made fun of me about it, I'm just going to tell them I'm diabetic, which is true. So, I'm not even really supposed to... Drink anything. Drink. Yeah. Anyways. That's what's so but... annoying. Is it's like, people... You don't know somebody's reasoning. You don't you know, know someone's I mean? reasoning. Like, people are like, oh, I don't really drink. And it's like, I don't know why people... I know why. People I was like get defensive I'm... because they're defensive about their own drinking. And it's like, it's like I don't are you really going to force someone to be like, I'm diabetic or like, I'm sober or like, I'm an alcoholic? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, it's like they were, I was like, I, I was like, we drove. Yeah. And they were like, oh, well, we have responsible choice. You can leave your car here. I was like, and then. Ne, ne rouge. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, it's good. And then they did the, the my boss said that again. He was like, he's like, I just want to let you know, you can leave your car here. I was like, that's not. The issue. The issue, dude. And oh it's like, God. you know, I could go through any, like, reasonable thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm sober, or I have diabetes, or, like, my parent, like, everyone in my family is an alcoholic, so, um, I don't really... Do that. Do that. And then, um, everyone was trying to get my boyfriend a drink, too, and he, like, didn't want to, <laughs> and it was just like, oh. oh my God. I was like, okay. Did I ever tell you about... <laughs> so, my friend used to be this like 
maintenance guy at the for the Tim Hortons Foundation, mm-hmm. like one of the camps, and they have like these groups come out and do like charity projects, right? So it's mm-hmm. like oh, like Deloitte is gonna come out and like build a new cabin or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck, right? So there was this guy that came out and he was like doing some maintenance projects, and Peter, my friend, was like, oh what are we supposed to give this guy? Because they normally give them, like, a gift or something, mm-hmm. right? In exchange for volunteering. And the manager of the camp was like, oh, give him this bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. And Peter was like, I don't really think that we should be giving people alcohol in exchange for volunteering. Like, it feels weird. And the guy's mm-hmm. like, no, no, we do that all the time. Like, we do it all the time. Just give him this bottle of whiskey. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So Peter, like, is like, oh, like, thank you for volunteering. And, like, hands him the bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, I can't drink this. Yeah. And he was like, why? And he was like, I'm an alcoholic. I've been sober for 20 years. <laughs> And Peter was like, this is why I didn't want to fucking give him the alcohol. <laughs> and he was like, I'm so sorry. And no, he didn't have anything else to give him. And he's like, I'll just take it back then. Like, what the fuck? It's so awkward. Like, people give you, like, LCBO gift cards and stuff like that for everything. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll be using this next time. I have to go to somebody's house and I'm giving them a bottle of wine. You or know I what I mean? I guess I'll see if any of my friends want to be gifted a gift card because I can't use it, so I'll get nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very annoying. Um, and my other one was just, um, I'm so like I said, I'm reading a book by Anthony Bourdain right now. Um, and I posted a quote from it where on Twitter where he said, that would be selling out that activity whether that activity involves working in a coal mine, hoping up, heating up macaroni and cheese at Popeyes, or giving Todd jobs to strangers in the back of a strip club. To my mind, they're all morally equivalent. You do what you've got to do to get by. While there is a certain stigma attached to sucking the talks of strangers because, perhaps, of particularly Western concepts of intimacy and religion, how different, how much worse, or more wrong is it than plunging toilets, hosting down a slaughterhouse floor, burning off polyps, or endorsing diet coke? Who, given more options, better choices, would do any of these things? Who in this world gets to do only what they want and what they feel is consistent with their principles and get paid for it? Right? So I posted that and said, um, Anthony Bourdain is a pro sex work king. Yeah. And a bunch of sex workers came for me on Twitter to basically say that um, it wasn't advocacy and that he was saying that sex work was still undesirable. And I was arguing that he was saying that all wage labor is undesirable. Yeah. Is that what happened? Because I saw you say that they were coming for you. Yeah. So He's just saying that it's not any morally better or worse than any other job and that no job is desirable. That's it. That, yeah. So that's what Which I said. I was, I was like, he's <laughs> insulting wage labor. Yeah. He's not insulting workers. No. He's saying that nobody's job is preferable or generally speaking consistent with their morals, but everybody needs to make money to survive. Of course. And then a bunch of sex workers who think that, so here's my problem. Okay. There are a lot of people who are like, sex work is work. And it's like, okay, I agree. And I have this argument with Marxists all the time, because I think that an appropriate Marxist critique of sex work is that, um, all work is in some nature exploitative. Yes. So sets work, if sets work is work, it's sets worker rights are not different than workers' rights. Any other type of labor rights. Yeah. Exactly. And that sets work should not be treated as more exploitative or more morally reprehensible or needing abolishment more quickly than any other type of work or any other type of dangerous work. Yes. Right? But then... 
when sex workers come into it, they are so used to people critiquing that they feel the need to put sex work on some sort of weird pedestal. Yeah. Where they're like, he's denying that sex work can be like a beautiful and healing, empowering practice or whatever. Just like, he's saying that no work is appealing and then people or <laughs> healing or empowering and then people were like why doesn't he say this about doctors or lawyers or whatever and I was like okay so you're just completely not reading this because he literally says burning off polyps which is something that surgeons do or doctors yeah do and he's talking about advertising executives celebrity endorsers he's also talking about people who work in fast food and who work at slaughterhouses obviously all of those things are unappealing but the larger point is that work itself is unappealing and undesirable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so if, you know, sex work is work, which it is, mm-hmm. it's not any less deserving of a critique, like of critiquing the conditions mm-hmm. under which people get those jobs than any yeah. other job. Exactly. It's like, you can't be like, it's work, but also... I'm a perfect angel and like mm-hmm. it's not exploitative. Yeah, it's exactly. because all work can be exploitative in certain conditions. I'm sure there's people out there that actually love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working in mines maybe, but you know what I mean? Like, but would they mean be that there's do- not problems, but would, would they, they be, be doing, doing it? it if they weren't getting money for it? Of course not. Exactly. So, and then people are like, Oh, would you be having sets if you, weren't getting paid for it or would you be taking your clothes off if you weren't getting paid for it and it's like yeah for people but not that for i the want people to that you're doing yeah. it for right yeah um <laughs> there's other in, there's other social transactions that that's like saying necessitate that would you be making food if you didn't work at popeyes it's like well yeah because yeah. i still have to feed my fucking loved ones <laughs> yeah like you of know course. that's the difference and then they were like, this isn't revolutionary. It's not like advocacy or whatever. I was like, okay, first of all, I never said it was revolutionary. Second of all, I do think that it's controversial to say this as somebody who has a mainstream audience to say that sex work isn't degrading or exploitative as compared to every other job, because that's not something that we hear even from other Marxists. No, he didn't have to say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then people are like, oh, well... He said this or he said that. And it's like, okay, whatever. We just think that, like, um, it's just like, okay, nobody talked about Sat's word. But then it's like, okay, everybody talked about Sat's word. And then these people are being mean to me. And then I kind of lost my temper. And this one girl was like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, well, with all due respect, you're like an online dominatrix. So I don't think that you really speak for all Sat's workers. And then I got called the swerf a bunch of times. Oh, good. And she was like, that's swerf logic. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I don't think that you... <laughs> I missed all of this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that people who do online sets work aren't sets workers. That wasn't my point. I just think that when it comes to whether or not you find your work exploitative or like not enjoyable 100% of the time, you should be not engaging in hierarchy. Yeah. And you should be asking people who do some of the more unsavory parts of sets work or more dangerous parts of sets work, like full service sets work and in-person sets work. 
Well, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, I'm like, you're the, not at risk. The factor of physical <laughs> risk makes work inherently more exploitative. That's why I, so it's I like, think well, that it, it made sense to compare doing full service sex work to example, working in a coal mine or working in a factory or some sort of other job where you are being paid more, but it's because of the risk you're of doing work. dangerous work. Yeah. That not everybody has either the skills or the desire or the necessity to do. It's like being a firefighter or a paramedic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You get paid more money, but you literally have to do whatever. Things that you don't wouldn't necessarily yeah. want to do. Yeah. Exactly. Um, anyway, so if anyone has any and wants to discuss that, you can... DM me personally, and I, I will, uh, before I speak on this again, I will show everyone an, an itemized list of every dick I've ever sought, or <laughs> every every five-inch heel I've ever worn. Um, if anyone needs any documentation, I'm more than happy to provide that before I get called a civilian swerf <laughs> again. You have to pay $5 for the documentation, though. <laughs> That's true. There is a processing fee yeah. and there's also an administration fee, fee and also a delivery fee. Just just a digital documentation fee. Just PayPal fee. or $20. <laughs> Anyways, um, I guess I'll, I'll quickly do Dumb Bitch of the Week. I just okay. got a message from a guy that said, can I get any Canadian nudes? I was like, as opposed to what other type of nudes you would ever get from me? I guess. And then I didn't answer. Um, And then he was like, am I going to get any nudes or not? And I was like, okay. No. Obviously not. (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, he wasn't getting any in the first place. Yeah, but it's like, like, whoa. (laughs) Like, I didn't even answer you in the first place. Yeah. I get any Canadian nudes. It's like, for the last time, I will not pour maple syrup on my titties for your sexual gratification. Only for my own. (laughs) (laughs) Enough of this cultural fetishization of your neighbors to the north. Oh my god. (laughs) What, you want me to wear a little beaver hat? I was gonna say, I won't wear the beaver hat while you fuck me. Beaver hat stays off. Literally, it stays <laughs> off forever. You got a tweet this week? I do. Okay, let's hear it. All right, my tweet is from Daily Hager at D underscore H A G G A R. I like when someone gets involved with a cocaine addicted podcaster who's in an open marriage, then when it doesn't work out, they're like, never date a Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> That does sound like a Sagittarius thing to be, though. That's what I was going to say. I was like, well, they wouldn't do any of those things that they weren't a Sagittarius. That's true. So. Yeah. (laughs) All all of those things are separately red flags, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like just one red flag isn't... I mean, it depends. One red flag isn't a red flag. One red flag. (laughs) One red flag. Okay, it's like a pink flag. They're like pink flags and red flags. Yeah. It's like... Okay, it's like the carding system in sports. It's like a yellow card. Exactly. It's yeah. like a yield, not a stop sign. Yeah. There are red flags where it's like, okay, yeah, if someone's a... A, a podcaster. Never go there, right? It's like you can have a buildup of a few other things. No, if someone's in an open marriage, never go there, probably. Yeah. 
or as, co- as a coke experience. addict <laughs> as a coke addiction <laughs> yeah an ongoing one probably like not. they're actively doing coke no probably not unless you're also doing coke at which point have fun enjoy enjoy <laughs> that <laughs> do you have a tweet yeah i do what's your biggest like relationship red flag that you can think of Um, I really want to know about, um, like whether or not someone has a job. (laughs) Okay. That's a big one for me because you don't want to get involved with somebody that you, you really like. And then your entire ongoing thing is that they like don't work because they just need more from you. Yeah. You know, like I feel like they take up too much of your time. They take up too much of your money. Yeah, that's a big one for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just as like a relatively young person who also doesn't have a lot of money. It's like, you it's need like, to have your own money. When I talk about the progression of my dating life, it's like, first I started dating guys. It's like, I've leveled up. It's like, so okay, so now I only date guys who have jobs. And then it's like, okay, now I only date guys who have jobs who don't hit me. It's like, okay, now I only date guys who have jobs who don't hit me who live alone and then it's like now I only date guys who have jobs who don't hit me who live alone who don't have addictions and it's like okay now I only date guys who um have jobs who don't hit me who live alone who don't have addictions and who also um don't just like actively hate you fucking hate (laughs) yeah who don't cheat on me that was a good one too that's a good one you know Mm -hmm. so it's like there are a few boxes to tick but definitely life is all about learning (laughs) my number this isn't like a red flag because it Mm. depends but my number one red flag for like girls is like if they're not out yeah don't go there what are you gonna do yeah like (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah you don't want to mess with that no that's objectively like it. Like if you have to pretend like you're not dating when you meet their friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. You shouldn't be meeting their friends. No. Then. Yeah. I would say objectively people who speak really badly of their previous partners. Yeah. Or like other people who they are friendly with. And then they talk shit Who about aren't them. there. It's like, no, you don't get to talk about people, shit about people in your life until you're, like, in a serious relationship. Yeah. <laughs> because, no, because then it's, like, providing emotional support. Yeah, it's like It's not just, like, fucking ragging on yeah. people that you care about. I think everybody's allowed to have one ex that they talk shit about. Yeah. But you shouldn't have, like, more than one ex that you talk mad shit about. Yeah, I, I mean, like, if you've been... <laughs> I think it's maybe different for girls, like, heterosexual women. Yeah, but, like, it shouldn't be like, oh, my God, every guy I've dated was, like, the fucking worst guy no, ever. He no, was no, such no. a loser. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you, you're allowed to have one ex that is, like, the worst. That you, you're allowed to wish death on one ex partner. And then everybody else is like, okay, what... Was there any redeeming quality or were you just dating someone that you didn't yeah, like exactly. because you wanted to fuck? Which is fine, but just that's what it was. It's like, okay, you can admit that this person had problems, but also maybe you weren't bringing your best self to the table so at the like, time. And like, the yeah. relationship had problems, but like, maybe you knew about them going in or like, maybe it just turned out you weren't compatible for a lot of reasons, including and they're like not some of that person's person. like emergent bad qualities or whatever. Yeah. Basically, if you can still talk to somebody and be polite to them. You shouldn't be talking shit about them. They're not like, oh, the worst person ever. No. You know. That seems fair. I'm on good terms with all of my answers except for 
one. Yeah. And I do wish he was dead. Of course. I wish he was dead too. <laughs> um, okay. My tweet is by Sipses at comfy underscore times. Nice. And they said a 200 IQ guy with a condition that makes it so he can't come unless he has a debate with his partner while fucking. That, well, that the condition is having a 200 IQ. Okay. That exists. Yeah. This is like every guy who ever tells, wants to tell you about like books or like drinking or like food you know you meet a guy who's just like intellectually masturbatory yeah he's about how much he knows that guy needs to debate while he comes if he ever says devil's advocate it's like okay he's rock hard oh yeah he raises his hand with more of a comment than a question it's that guy you know yeah I one time cooked dinner for a guy and served it to him, and the whole time he talked about how square plates were an abomination against culinary tradition. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I made, I, oh I this is one of God. my biggest regrets of all time. I literally handmade pasta and cooked a beautiful dinner, and he just complained about it being served to him on a square plate. I was like, sorry, I uh, I didn't know that when I, I bought these plates because they were on sale at Walmart. <laughs> I just need a list of things that uh, like we're supposed to gatekeep about. This is like why I never really even admit to like being into food because I so don't want. I'm su- super super into like eating and cooking obviously but i don't want to hear about it no i like to talk because there's so much snobbery yeah that's like the problem Uh, like i don't think that it's wrong to just make like really delicious versions of like normal foods i just like like maybe this is a hot take Mm -hmm. but if you're not a chef i don't want to hear you talk about food yeah because you don't know what you're talking about yeah there's like no way a, you can actually like, know what you're talking about. In a larger, like, food theory way. Yeah. It's like, no, suck my dick. No, like, you don't. I think it's okay, like, maybe I am, like, letting myself off the hook here to be like, oh, I heard that some people do this because of this. Yeah, yeah. Not to be like, oh, did you know that in kitchens in France... I just hate food critics, I think. They're so bad. They're bad it's like, people. What, what's your credentials? I... That's true. I love to eat food. You're fat? I love to be a food critic. <laughs> Honestly, I did work on a woman's house here. And yeah. I've probably talked about her to you before, but I worked on her house and she was so nice. Like, she was so gracious. Like, every morning, That's good. she had coffee for us and snacks. Every lunch, she had like tea and like more food and like lemonade and Aww. everything was delicious. She was so nice. And then when we finished the job, I was like, who was that woman? And I looked her up and she was like the most like well-known like food critic. And I was just like written books and stuff. And I was like, okay, she was actually like really gracious. And I guess maybe she's really used to being around like kitchen staff and stuff where she's just not an asshole. So she knows that just because somebody's like working on her garden or something. It doesn't mean you should treat them like shit. (laughs) Yeah. Which is really more than you can say for the average person, let alone the average person who can afford to have like a $50,000 landscaping job done in their backyard. Yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) you really can't expect much. (laughs) No. Unfortunately, you can't. It was like... um... Like offering someone a glass of water and to like come into the air conditioning for five minutes is like too much for some people 
Yeah. Well, they're like, they're like, do you have to use the bathroom? They're like, do you have to have a porta potty here? And it's like, oh, well, you didn't let us use the bathroom in our, your house. And they're like, oh, well, no. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just shit in the woods then. <laughs> what remember, do you want from me? Remember when I installed that guy's wood floor yeah. and they one of their bathrooms was torn up because the floor was being replaced mm-hmm. and they didn't want us to use the bathroom in the house. Mm-hmm. And the guy was also home all the time, vaping and wearing sweatpants and Crocs. <laughs> And, like, supervising us. Yeah. I, I hate it when the clients home. I'm like, leave so I can shit in your bathroom. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you won't know. Oh, my God. What if he has a nanny cam in his powder room? I hope he does. <laughs> I spat in his wife's eyeshadow. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, bitch. Enjoy pink eye. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, I did want to give a quick plug. Mm-hmm. Um, friend of the pod, Jake Flores, has a new podcast called Why You Mad, which is about things that make him and his co-host Louisa, uh, who's a butcher, mad uh, in stand-up comedy. Mm, very and interesting. they had a whole episode about stabs this past week, and they talked about us on the podcast, and I was pleasantly surprised when I was listening because they were talking about us talking about like the history of like comedy unionization in Canada and how like the independent scene was born here and uh, how like the the just for laughs walkouts and everything. Um, so anyways, their podcast is very enjoyable. They talked a lot about how why bringer shows hurt comedy in the arts in general and just like if you're into niche comedy content, um, it was a good podcast. Yeah, very so interesting check stuff. it out. Cool. Bye. Bye.